And Father, we thank you this morning and bless your holy name for yet another day that you have given to us. We thank you for the gift of life, the gift of fellowship we have with you and with one another. At this time in our worship, we turn our thoughts and our attention to your word. Pray the Lord you will speak to us in a very special way. We all came here to hear from you. Father, put me aside and speak to your people. Grant me utterance. Grant me grace, O oh Lord, to preach and teach your word. And let all of us leave here, Lord, equipped and empowered to do your bidding. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning again. And press on. And Deacon Obudate, welcome back from Uchi region. Welcome back. This morning we're looking at a theme. Make plans to arrive at your God-given destination. A very a mouthful. But what that entails, simply put, is this. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for my life. It is my duty, it is your duty to discover God's plan for your life and make sure you reach the destination that God wants you to be. Let me explain with just a simple um, logic. When you give birth to your child, the child is a very ignorant about what life is about. But you go to bed and you think about your child. You plan that your child should go to school. So you buy uniform, you buy material, books and everything. You enroll your child. You are sitting there looking at the big picture, looking at the future of your child. That your child without education, no life. So you do all these things and plan. But your child has no clue about that plan. So you send your child to school and your child will just dodge and go and chase uh, fowls and lizards and cockroaches and skip school. You have a plan, but your child has no clue about that plan. Maybe what your child should do is to ask you, Mommy, why are you sending me to school? What will school do to me? And then you take your time and explain that to your child. It's very, very important that God has a plan for all of us. But sometimes we take the driver's seat of our lives and we run our own lives and we put God aside. And probably where we are heading or where we have reached is not where God has planned for us. So how do we live life in view of God's control or, or God's sovereignty? God rules. God reigns over all things. So, as believers, we are encouraged to live our life under God's control and under God's sovereignty. There's wisdom in planning. I'm not saying sit down without doing anything. There's wisdom in planning. We are to plan on having money to support our families and by saving to, for the future and by doing everything we need to plan. If you don't plan, you plan if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So we need to plan. But how do we plan with God's sovereignty and control in mind? 
The passage that we just read says that a man will sit down and purpose something in his or her heart. But God is the one who brings the answer to the tongue. So God says that when you commit your plans to him, you will succeed. Amen. So this morning, I want to share with you how to make wise plans with God's sovereignty in mind. My hope is that we will all make efforts to integrate these into our lives as we move on. So what is a plan? A plan is you want to get to some place and then you put some things in place that will help you to get there. Let's say I want to go to Kumasi. So my plan is I wake up in the morning, take my bath, take shorter or taxi, get to the main bus station, have money in my pocket to buy my ticket. I need to plan all that. I cannot get to Kumasi if I don't have all the things neatly planned so that I follow them religiously so that I can get there. So plan with the purpose of God in your mind. You are not an accident. You are not here by accident. You are here for a reason. You are a child of God for a reason. You are a Calvarian for a reason. You are a married person for a reason. You are a parent for a reason. Whatever place or position you find yourself today, there is a reason for it. You are not an accident. And as a child of God, God has a plan and purpose for your life. And therefore, you need to do that. Our planning should take into consideration that God's plan are the most important. Whatever you put in place for yourself, God has a right to alter that. If you commit to his hands, you give him the right that his plan is the final thing, is the most important thing for you. Why? Because you are short-sighted. You don't know it all. God knows from the beginning to the end. And God can come into your situation, the neat plan that you have put in place, and say, my son, my daughter, this is not the way I want you to go. Allow God to be sovereign and to be in control of your life. You need to open and that you need to be open to what God wants you to do. Even that means a redirection in the midway. You are going all the way. You are almost there. You need to allow God to do what? Be open to God so that God can say, even though you are almost there, that is not my plan and purpose for you. And be willing and obedient enough to reverse back. Because God is in charge and he is in control. And when you are obedient to him and you bless him, you can never go wrong. Ask God, what can you do again for you to be, to arrive at God's destination for your life? Ask God, the Father, what is your vision for my life? Why did you bring me here? What is my purpose? Who am I? Like the schoolboy I just gave an illustration about, she will sit with the parents and say, why are you sending me to school? What is in it for me? Am I going to school for you to please you so that you'll be happy? Because a lot of people were going to school thinking they were doing their parents a favor. So you as a child of God, you can sit down and pray and say, God, what is your vision for my life? We are generally self-sufficient beings, not wanting help from others because we don't want to look weak or indecisive. 
We don't want people to tell us that we are aimless. We don't know what we are doing in life. So we don't even seek counsel when we are making decisions. So to be, to read God's destination for you, ask God, what is your vision for my life? Every human being, all of us human race, God's plan is that none of us should perish, but that we will have life and have it in abundance. So number one, every human being, God wants you to have eternal life and to spend eternity with him in heaven. But once you're a child of God, you need to learn how to walk in God's plan. So ask God, what is your vision for me? And then we want to be people of wisdom. We need to listen to God's voice to give us direction in our lives. If anyone lacks wisdom, the Bible says, ask God and he'll give you wisdom. If you need a sound direction in your life, wisdom, the Bible and John us to go to our Heavenly Father and ask Him for wisdom. And He will give us wisdom. We should listen to God's voice so that He will give us direction in our lives. There are a lot of people in this world, Christians included, that have made decisions, that have made choices in life that they have regretted. That they are living with those, the consequences of those choices that they made in life because that was not God's plan and purpose and God's destination for their lives. This morning, I want to encourage you to ask God, Father, what is your vision for my life? If you are in the will of God, you are in a safe place. If you are in a place that God planned for you, you are in a safe place. If you are in a marriage that God planned for you, you are in a safe place. If you are in a career that God planned for you, you are in a safe place. And you'll find fulfillment because God gave you guidance and direction. How do you get to your God-given destination? If you want to be a people of wisdom, ask God for patience. That God, give me patience. When you are instructing me, that is not where you want me to be. I should not hurry and run ahead of you. Even if I'm praying about the issue, I should not run ahead of you. I should be patient and calm down because you will never get it wrong. I can get it wrong, but you will never get it wrong. Help me to calm down and be patient so that you will guide me to where you want me to be. So be serious about asking God to give you a vision for what he has for you, for what he has for me. You don't run ahead of yourself. You don't run because everybody's running. You know, you can be on the street and all of a sudden you see everybody running and you will also run. And somebody asks you, why are you running? I don't know. They are running. So I'm too, I'm running. You should know why you are doing what you are doing. The next one, seek godly counsel. Very, very important. A guidance in life is that the Bible says, with many counselors, there is multiple of wisdom and sources. Don't keep everything to your chest. Don't keep it in your head. Talk to other Christian brothers about it. Talk to friends. Seek counsel. Get input from others. Sometimes we don't always see things as they really are because we are so blinded by our circumstances. We can't see outside of them. So it is very valuable for us to get counsel. Find a mature Christian brother, sister, and seek counsel. You can go to your pastor. 
Your pastor, you say, pastor, I'm trying to change my job. Your pastor will ask you important questions and give you counsel. Your mature Christian brother or sister will ask important questions and give you counsel. So we need to seek counsel. Apart from praying about the issue and asking God's vision for our lives, we need to seek counsel for input so that we'll be able to be at the place where God wants us to be. The next person you need to also talk to is your spouse. Ask your spouse about what you are thinking. The reason why God gave you your partner, your spouse, is to complete you. Don't be selfish. Don't take decision alone. Sit down with your spouse and sell the idea to him or her. And both of you think and discuss it and then pray about it as a Christian couple. And God is going to help you. Don't be like me, uh, me and my hometown people who tells you, if you have something good, don't tell your wife. That's a very bad counsel that our grandfathers gave us. Biblically, God gave you your partner so that he or she will complete you. And therefore, when you have something that needs to be done, a decision that needs to be taken, bring your spouse in. Maybe a man came to you, your wife was in the room, but you sat with the man alone. And the man took your money away, he duped you. When you realize that the man has duped you, how are you going to tell your spouse? You can't tell him or her because you did not bring him or her in the equation in the first place. Be willing to listen. When you share issues, decisions that you are going to make, be willing to listen to advice that people will give you. The next source of counseling, I've already mentioned your pastor, that you can go to your pastor. At times, some of you will leave your church, spiritual enclave, where God has placed you, where God has given you spiritual leaders that have can exercise spiritual authority over your life. They are supposed to take care of you. And you go to another place where you don't know the pastor from anywhere. You don't know the man from anywhere. You just saw him on TV. You don't know the kind of spirit that he's operating in. You don't know whether the person is operating with the spirit of the devil or the spirit of Christ. And you go and they take you through occultism, spiritual direction, aquantre. He can ask you to open your palm and then you look at your palm and he'll tell you, you are three siblings. There are two, la two, two, two ladies or daughters, sisters after you. You come from this hometown. This is your job. And all, he can tell you everything about yourself. But it is occultism. We call it palmistry. It's occultic and it's from the pit of hell. The fact that somebody can tell you that this is in the forecast, this is, what, this is what is going to happen to you, doesn't make the person a man of God or prophet. Stay in your spiritual enclave. That's where you have a covering. You know me as a pastor. Where you are going, you don't know the person. But you are willing to open up for consultation and they will give you all sorts of things and you carry strength fires with you. So you ask your pastor and your pastor will ask relevant questions, cancel you and pray with you and you will not go wrong. Hallelujah. The next thing is 
Make sure your plans does not hinder your relationship with God. Very, very important. The point is, if what you are planning to do will take away time from God, it's probably not a wise move for you. God will not bless you and that blessing take you from him. God will not give you a job and that job take you from him. Wherever you find yourself, even if you move from your usual worship place, wherever your job takes you abroad, wherever you find yourself, do not fail to find an assembly of believers and worship with them. Do not fail to contribute your quota for the kingdom building wherever you find yourself. Whatever decision you are making, if it's going to take you from your relationship with God, then probably it is not a wise move. To plan in the light of the purpose of God for your life is to eliminate some choices. There are certain things as a believer you know is not right for you to do. A business partner has come and uh, the, the business proposition is very good. Money is going to come, but you know that it's going to be done in a very corrupt manner. Eliminate that. It cannot be God's will for you to participate in things that will not glorify God. A young man has come and want to marry you and say, well, if I marry you, we must become friends. Friends with benefits. If you don't allow me to befriend you with benefits, then it's not going to happen. Eliminate that. It is not God's will for your life. You cannot come and, and honestly give testimony that God has given you a life partner when you are living in sin with that person. Making choices means that if you are seeking God's plan and purpose for your life, then you need to eliminate certain choices. God will never tell anyone to take a part in sinful or illegal activities. God won't do that. That is not the God that you and I serve. We don't say, oh, that's the order of the day. Everybody is doing it. So let me do it. Eliminate that. And then the next one, you need to make sure that you bid everything that you plan to do in prayer. Very, very important. When you put everything in God's hands, you see God's hands in everything that you do. If you are making a wrong choice, you are praying about the life partner, somebody has come, and you are going out with that person, and the person is fake, because you are praying, and you have put that situation, that choice that you are going to make in God's hands, God will expose the person. And you will know that the person is fake. Why? Because you consulted God. Now God, I don't know the decision I'm making. I pray. Open my eyes. Cause me to see, understand. What is it, the step that I'm making? And God will answer you. Hallelujah. God never tells anyone to take part in a sinful or illegal activities. God never asks you to go and rob a bank. God never asks you to cheat on your taxes. God never asks you to do things that does not glorify him. God will never tell you to make a choice that are clearly against scriptural principles. 
If the choice is legal, but unethical, I can tell you it is a choice that needs to be eliminated. You can do something perfectly legal. It's my right to do this. But you can also tell yourself it's unethical. It doesn't glorify God. Eliminate it. Even though the law says you can do it. You know the person, you're a lawyer, you know the person is guilty. He really, really, really killed that person. He may even have confided in you that I did it. So don't worry, that's why I went to law school. I will use technical grounds to set you free. It's unethical, even though it's legal. Eliminate it, and a child of God certainly shouldn't do that. Refuse to make hasty decisions, especially in career or job choices and married relationships. Be patient and seek the face of God so that he can gradually take you to the destination that he has for you. If he take you there, you will be happy. A lot of us made choices that we have regretted, but we cannot do anything about it now. It comes with consequences. And therefore, to be in God's giving destination for your life, make sure you don't rush you don't, you don't, you don't rush when you are making choices in your career, in your marriage, in your relationship. One of the things you should pray about is whether your plans are based on selfish motives or godly motives. Why are you doing what you are doing? Is it selfish motives? Are you in competition? Are you converting somebody? Are you, are you jealous about somebody? That if this one has done it me too, I can do it? Is that what God has planned for you? Ask God that my motive is to glorify you. My motive is to have a decent life. My motive is to make a living. My motive is to work and take care of my family. This is my motive. I'm not doing that so that I can, I can challenge somebody that me too, I am there. Maybe that's not God's direction for you. The first, the fact that somebody have money and he can go to Dubai and buy things and come and sell and that the person's level has changed and he dressed differently does not mean that you should also go and borrow money and go to Dubai. You go and the money will be locked up and you know that that is not God's plan for you. Maybe you are not even wired as a business person. What is your motive in making decisions that you are making. When you have prayed about it and you are convinced that you are making the right decision, move on with the confidence that you are in the will of God. But by all means, allow God to change your path as he sees fit. You may be going and doing things and making decisions. God has a right. If you are indeed a child of God, God has a right to come to your space and change things as he sees fit. At a time in our life, we plan things neatly in a straight line. But God can come in and say, I want you to go to west or east, north or south. And you should be sensitive, spiritually sensitive, to know that God is guiding you and directing you. At the time we are in our comfort zones, and we are so happy, life is good, everything is going on, and God step into our space and say, get up, go where I am sending you. 
He told Abraham, pack your thing from your father's house and go to a place where I will show you. Did not even give him the destination. I will lead you to a place. But God's plan and purpose and destination for the life of Abraham is that through him, he will raise a nation. And through that nation, he will raise a savior. And through that savior, you and I will be saved. Until Abraham leave his father's house, the house of idol worship, like the nation of Israel will not be born. Jesus will not come out of Israel. And you and I will not be saved. But he was so comfortable. That time God said, get up. You are too comfortable here. Get up. Go to the place I will show you. No map. No direction. I want you to trust me each step of the way. That should be our attitude as believers. That God guide us. Show us. I'm not rushing. I'm not saying be lazy and don't plan. By all means plan, but commit your plans to the hands of God. But when God touches your heart, when God impresses upon you, that my son, my daughter, this is not the direction I have for you. Listen and be obedient enough to say, Lord, when you say I shouldn't go, I agree. Yes, Lord, I agree. And when you do that, it's going to be a blessing for you. Allow God to change your path. As it's, This is a tough, this is very tough for a lot of people. We have a career that we love, security. We have a house, a school for our children, and we send that God may be asking us to move on to something else, either in ministry or career path, to put us in a better position to take care of our families or to invest in the kingdom of God. The natural reaction is that this is not from God. Why will it take me out of my comfort zone? I'm so happy here. Everything is okay. By the time God has a right to come to your space and alter your plans. You just have to give him thanks. Because what he does, he's wise in all that he does. Sometimes God takes us out of our comfortable zone or situation simply because we are too comfortable and not willing to exert ourselves in ministry or to help others. Know that God has a right to put you where he pleases. God has a right. How do you get to that, your God-given destination? He has a right. If you hand over everything to him, he will guide you and you will never go wrong. He has your best interest at heart. He wants the best for you. A plan to make you succeed. That's what God has for you. But if we will yield our life to him and ask him to cover us and bless us, and ask him to handle everything in our lives. Then we'll reach our destination. When you are not in God's giving destination for you, life is tough and life is hard. In James chapter 14, verse 13 to 15, we read, he said, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, open Spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are like a smoke or a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. He said you should say, if it is the lost world, we will live and do this and that. Hallelujah. God's will. 
He has a right to even take your life from you. Any moment. And your life is just like a smoke that appears and the wind will blow it away. If we have this wisdom, then we will say, if it is a lost will, and you don't use it as a cliche by saying sick, mean it. If it is a lost will, I will do A, B, C, D. And I'll commit everything to his hands so that I will see his hands in everything that I do. Hallelujah. So if you allow God into your space, this is how you speak. Are you willing to live your life under the watch words, if the Lord wills? Even Jesus, the Son of God, the, the, the sovereign, when he came on earth, and t- things were difficult in the Garden of Eden, he said, Lord, left to me alone, let this cup pass, but not my will. If it's your plan and purpose that I drink this cup, Lord, let this happen, not my will. So it is, it is important to commit your will, your plan to his hands and make them his plans. At the time we put a dichotomy between our secular life and our spiritual life. But it shouldn't be. We should merge all of that. If you have a career that is not under God, remember God gave you the skill, the knowledge, education, the expertise. That's why you are succeeding in that career. So you don't say that that is not part of my spiritual life. Bait everything in God's hands. Hold on to your plans loosely so that if God decides to alter them, it will not be traumatic for you. It will be exciting as you anticipate what God's plan nests for you. God is God and you are man. He's God. He sees everything. The hidden thoughts of man, hidden thoughts in our heart. He sees everything. Nothing is hidden from him. He knew, he know from the beginning to the end. So you should be excited to know and experience the next plan that God has for you. By waiting on him. Seeking his face. Seeking counsel. Sharing with your loved ones and the things around you. And when that thing happens, you begin to see the glory of God in your life. So you look, when you plan, hold it loosely. That my heavenly father can step into my space and change everything. And all I will do is, Lord, I agree with you because you know more than I know. Don't keep things to yourself. Share things. In your marriages, in your home, with your spouse, share. Because there's wisdom in sharing. And especially marriage is instituted by God. And God gave you your partner for a reason. And it can even be a mouthpiece of God. For you. In my own experience, years back I was going to school and I've applied for scholarship. They say, oh, anybody from Africa who wants to go to school, we have an organization that will pay. We want to bless the black race. This organization gave me scholarship and I went to the school. They gave me a letter that they would take care of me. I sent the letter to the school. And they gave me admission. And when I arrived, within uh, some few months, they wrote to me and said, we are sorry, we are having some financial problems. So we cannot, you can look elsewhere uh, for your education. And then I told the school, 
you had a letter that the people would take care of me. But now this, another letter saying that they can no longer take care of me. So they allow me to do my cohorts, cohorts, semester, semester without paying my fees. And then the next, I think the fourth, mid, mid, when I was in the middle of the program, they sent me email. I've come back to Ghana and they sent me email that we are sorry you cannot continue the school because you owe the school. As per university policy, you cannot continue. So I just got the email and I was shattered. What did I do? I did what every man would do. When men are stressed, they just shut their mouth. They won't talk to anybody. So I went to my, my bedroom and I was lying there thinking about what is going to happen next. I didn't talk to my wife. Somehow she came to the room and he knows me. So he said, something is wrong. I said, there's nothing wrong. No, something is wrong. Talk to me. So I, tell, I told her that he just held my hands, started praying. He prayed, 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 prayed. And then he stopped the prayer and said, the Lord said to tell you, where you are looking, that is not where he's going to bring the blessings from. And he's not a wicked God who will take you all this far and leave you there unattended. And I said, I was looking at the face. He said, you, you are doubting it. Write it down. And I, I challenged him. I took my uh, diary and I wrote it down. It's still in one of my old diaries. I wrote it down. Here's what the Lord said. And when he told me that, he gave me impetus to go. So I bought ticket and I went back to the States. When I arrived, I went to the dean, academic dean's office. I entered his office and he said, Joseph, what are you doing here? I thought, I told you not to come. You are not taking any lectures. I said, sir, I know that. But I've come to talk to my friends on the program so that they can raise money for me to pay my debt. They said, well, it's up to you. So I was leaving his office. As I stood up from his desk and I was leaving, he called me back and said, well, we are having a seminar this afternoon so you can join your friends and come. So my friends took me to the seminar and when we arrived, it is like a retreat center. The owners of the seminar, of the center, they live upstairs and they saw me getting down from the car. And then they, they said, they saw me. So we went into the seminar. We were studying and studying. Scholars in residence were studying. And then they served us lunch. And after the lunch, they came to clear the table. These are old couples. They are very old. They came to clear the table. And then they signaled me to come to where they are. So I went into their quarters. They asked me, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Ghana. They said, how are you paying for this program? That's the first question they asked me. I said, I'm not even supposed to be here. I haven't paid. I owe. So I'm not even supposed to be here. And I've been asked not to continue the program. And then they said, call me the dean. The dean was in the retreat, so I called the dean. And then they told the dean, we are coming to the financial aid office tomorrow. And we are going to take up all the debt that this 
boy or this um, Pastor O's. And we are going to have, we are going to have a payment plan to make sure that we pay for him to complete the program. Hallelujah. And then I said, this woman is a witch. You see, you share and God can use your partner to bring some revelations and things for you. Hallelujah. And that's why it happened for me. They took over the whole thing with the payment plan till I finished the program. And what they later told me is that when we are standing upstairs and you got down from the car, the Spirit of the Lord told us, this is a disciple of Jesus helping. That's what they had. That's what they had. So sharing and sharing with somebody who is supposed to complete you makes sense because God can use them and bring revelation and everything to you. There's a mentality and tendency that we separate our secular and our spiritual things from the spiritual thing. But everything of our life should be controlled by God. God is the one who gives us opportunity and everything that we do in this life. And therefore, we should submit everything. Career, marriage, travel plans, educational plans, everything to him. If it is not his plan and purpose for us, we give him the right to step into our space and alter our plans. We should get into the habit of seeing God's involvement in every aspect of our life. Since he's, a, he's the one who is in charge of our life. When you develop that habit, you begin to see things from a different perspective. And you are more open to allowing God to have his way. Even if it means making a dramatic change down the road for your life. When God has his way in your life, you begin to make career plans and decisions that are pleasing to him. And that brings a whole lot of benefits to you. Because you'll be in God's plan and God's purpose. Make a, co a commitment to yourself and to God that you will no longer make plans without consulting God, His Word, and His people. Save yourself from the hassles of regret and second guessing because you allow God to move in your plans. You are sure of His grace and the success He wants you to have. Hallelujah. God's plan and purpose for your life are for a reason. And if you stay in his plan, you will never, ever regret. How do you get into God's plan, destination for your life? You go, you do that, you go there by recognizing him that he is in sovereign control of your life and everything that you do. You get there by seeking counseling. Seek counseling from your pastors. Seek counseling from mature Christian believers. Seek counsel and allow God to get into your space. Bait every plan that you have in prayer. If you put it in the hands of God, you see his hand in everything that you do. You see him because you have invited him to your space. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord strengthen us. May the Lord give us grace that will be able to walk in his plan and purpose for our life so that we'll reach in his giving direction, purpose, and destination for our life. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer.
Before the altar call, I want you to pray about what you just heard. You didn't come to church by accident. We didn't preach this particular sermon by accident. God knows somebody here who needs to hear this. And therefore, pray and ask God to give you the grace and what it takes so that you'll be in His God-given destination for your life.